The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Now let's get to our guest, Kieran Calder, Head of Equity Research for Asia at UBP. So globally, Kieran, we have this debate about whether or not we'll have uh, a soft landing in the global economy. And in China, we have a kind of binary uh, situation here where many people think that the Chinese consumer will be really raring to go and get out there and spend. And then there's the other side of the argument, which is uh, sclerotic behavior because of how many uh, issues the Chinese economy has, not just uh, the COVID-19 overhang, but also property and other issues. How do you see the China story developing? Okay, good morning. So for us, uh, I mean, we think China is probably, um, you know, at least on a, a tactical basis, the, the best story in, in Asia and, and probably globally from an equity markets point of view. So, um, you know, obviously, <laughs> over the last, uh, let's say, three to four weeks, the, the situation or the government response on COVID has just completely changed 180 uh, degrees. And um, so it's going to be, we think, pretty uh, uh, messy over the next uh, few few weeks and, and maybe months as this sort of exit wave um, plays out. And obviously, there's a possibly large human cost associated with that, which we'll, we'll never be told the numbers probably. Um, but uh, looking looking past that, I mean, we think that probably in the next, uh, you know, six months from now, uh, you know, China will be fully, um, you know, emerged fr- from COVID. And we think that's a, a great positive, uh, not just for, um, you know, China equity market, but also for things like uh, supply chain issues, which have been impacted by COVID for, um, you know, Travel, especially around Asia, where China Chinese travelers um, are such a such a large proportion, or have, pre pre uh, pre twenty twenty, were such a large proportion mm-hmm. of, of travelers. So we, we think it's a it's a positive story, but it's a, a little bit messy here at the beginning. Yeah. So you want to take a longer term view, but uh, what about a sector specific view? What do you do there? Well, I mean, so I you know pointed out there there are still issues in you know related to uh, you know misinvestment et cetera in the in the past. So we, we would certainly want to um, avoid areas like like real estate. Um, you know, the bank sector is also connected to that a little bit, um, but there are other areas uh, which which are positive. So um, you know the consumer related areas, including uh, let's say what they call in China NEV, so new energy vehicles. Um, where there's a lot of players there, um, which are, which are uh, all seeing pretty dramatic increases in, in deliveries, most of them. Um, you know, for example, some of the some of the uh, staples related names we, we think look pretty good as well. Um, and insurance uh, is a sector which has been knocked down, um, and we, we've seen in um, other other markets coming out of the uh, out of COVID, where in, you know insurers have a little bit of. Uh, there's a little bit extra demand. People realize the value of, of uh, particularly health insurance, um, and and that can possibly lead to uh, to a bit of pricing power as well. So we think um, beaten down insurance names are also an area to look at. 
Among the other possible negatives for China would be if Europe, which looks to be in recession, uh, if the U.S. were to also go into recession. Uh, do you see that happening? And is that sort of part of the Fed playbook that they really have to do whatever it takes on inflation and so be it? Yeah. So, I mean, for, so for us, we we sort of agree with those that think that Europe is already in, in recession. Um we think, uh, you know, there's obviously a rising risk of recession in the U.S., but, you know, you, you mentioned earlier the comments from from Bill Dudley that, um, you know, the, the Fed can easily uh, turn it around if they if they need to by uh, loosening a bit. Um, so the big risk around recession is that in previous recessions, like if we look back at uh, average uh, recessions following rate hikes, um, EPS falls by about 20 percent, 25 percent from peak to trough. Um, and so far, earnings are not down for S&P, uh, and revisions have only just turned a little bit negative. Um, so the real risk of recession is on the earnings part. Um, and I think the comments probably from, you know, again, from from Bill Dudley are probably a little bit um, reassuring in that, uh, you know, the risk is not a 25% uh, decline in earnings. Um, but to get to your, uh, you know, your point, the Fed is obviously very focused on, on inflation, and uh, this needs to come down. Um, it's probably peaked. Um, and they're sort of boxed in, though, year aren't they? Aren't they sort of boxed in? They, they've they've told us that the data matters. They will wait until they see it, and not just see it coming down, but getting closer to their two percent target. And that is even knowing that there's a lagged effect. It seems like it's almost inevitable then that they go too far, just as they went too far in waiting last year. Yeah, sir, absolutely, certainly possible. And and don't forget that you know. If you look at the, the futures, which you're expecting, uh, you know, the first rate cut to come in the middle middle of this year, um, if, if you again, if you compare to previous uh, aggressive rate hike cycles, um, the Fed, the, you know, the period between the last hike and the first cut has been between six and nine months. Um, so it, it's, uh, of course, they're dependent on on the data, <laughs> um, and and uh, I, I think we'll probably see, you know. A, you know, again, based on the dots, you know, a terminal rate around five or a little higher, and they want to keep it there until uh, we, we see uh, inflation and, and PCE um, closer to the to the two percent number, as long mm-hmm. as the uh, economy can handle it. Now, from an investing perspective, you say you should treat higher but easing inflation as an opportunity. Uh, can you describe what you mean by that? Yeah, so we, we've taken a look again at, at uh, you know previous bouts of uh, high inflation. Um, and we've seen that uh, in the period, uh, so this is more on a, on a tactical sort of basis, in the period when that number is coming down, um, it, it's generally a, a positive, uh, uh, I guess, trading opportunity for, for S&P in, in general. Um, but maybe more specifically, we think it's also an opportunity to focus on a, a few strategies that will probably emerge from here, which is one is to focus on um, companies that are going to benefit from uh uh, reallocation of spending towards things like energy uh, transition and also infrastructure, and then we we also think that um, you know investors in in this sort of period should focus a little bit more um, on dividends and income as as a key driver of, of total returns, which um, don't forget over the very long term has contributed about a third of of total returns for uh, uh, for S and P five hundred. So we we but think. With- uh, Go ahead. With that in mind, um, do you do you think that bond yields will continue lower, and then what does that do about getting yield? Yeah, I mean, so I'm specifically talking about uh, equity yield. Um, so a- another equity yield strategy, which has typically done well um, in previous rate hike cycles, especially the you know the second year after the rate hike uh, liftoff, 
um, which obviously will be from this March, is a dividend aristocrat. So this is obviously a, a sort of quality style with a focus on dividend con consistency. Um, so in, in previous aggressive rate hike cycles, the, the 12 to 24 month period afterwards has been the real sweet spot for, for dividend aristocrats. So that's kind of the area that we would want to want to focus on. Okay. Well, thanks very much, Kieran. Um, we are out of time, unfortunately, in this, but a good long session. Thanks very much for joining us. Interesting to hear your views. Kieran Calder, Head of Equity Research for Asia at UBP. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.